1: This is the voice of the iceberg. I'm Alison Balance, and in this four-part audio adventure from RNZ, we join artist Joseph Michael and his team on an expedition to the Antarctic Peninsula. They're recording photos, film and audio of icebergs, that will be projected onto landmark buildings around the world, creating virtual bergs that will creak and fizz and thunder. Part one, discovery.
0: I'm Joseph Michael, I'm a media artist. I guess all my projects tend to start and, and possibly finish in photography. This is my first trip to Antarctica. And once I started researching the different places to visit and some of the icebergs, I guess it became a bit of an addiction.
1: Joseph and his team of eight traveled to Antarctica by boat from the bottom tip of South America. From there, it's a thousand kilometer journey south across the Drake Passage and some of the roughest seas on the planet.
0: Prior to sailing the Drake Passage, I'd spent, I think, one night at sea, so I hadn't been very far off the coast. It's the first time I saw the, you know, that deep royal blue of the, of the deep ocean.
1: The expedition is in the safe hands of an Antarctic veteran.
2: I'm Roger Wallace. I'm, I'm the skipper of the Australis. Uh, the Australis is uh, 75 feet long. It's built of steel, it's a masthead cutter, and we use it in the Antarctic. I think this is probably the 19th year, consecutive year I guess I've been doing it now. And I'm still as enthusiastic as ever about it really. As you know the weather is not really ideal, far from ideal. It's about 40 50 knots tonight and there will be apparently 10 metre seas. Yeah, 10 metre seas Drake Passage on the shallow water south of the Horn. There's no joke. So, yeah, we'll just be um, delaying our departure a little bit.
0: In terms of the Drake Passage, we had maybe seven to eight, eight metre swells, and yeah, it's it's unsettling at first. It feels like you're in a washing machine or a roller coaster. What's most unsettling is it's uncontrollable,
3: you just can't stop the rocking. I'm Ryan McNeil, I'm a director, producer and more recently a behind the scenes audio guy. The main challenges for me, (laughs) the the first one that I wasn't aware of was obviously motion sickness. I've always sort of prided myself as someone who travels pretty well. On this boat, we quickly found out that um, the rolling seas of the Drake Passage were were pretty formidable. It was the most fascinating thing. I've never seen such excitement just, just taken over by sickness. Joe always tells a story of me. He woke up one night and... He heard this noise, this, this banging noise, and he was like, What the hell is that? Are we, are we hitting an iceberg or something? And it was repetitive donk, donk, donk. And he puts uh, his little head down on and he looks over in my direction. And it's my head hitting the steel hull back and forth with the motion of the waves. And I was just so long.
0: After a day or so, you sort of, you know, you just start to become comfortable in the environment. The waves, for example, Um, At first it felt strange, but they slowly almost become mountain-like features and maybe it was just me using that analogy, but when I was thinking of them as mountains I felt a lot more comfortable.
2: I'm mesmerised by this bow wave, which Simon's (laughs) capturing at 90 frames a second. It's going
0: to look beautiful. Once you start to see the movement of the ocean and. Um, especially with what it presented in terms of photography, I started doing long exposure photographs, tracking the waves as they came down and we had um, slow motion cameras capturing things. And I remember one day I was trying to capture, as the waves were, were peaking, it was kind of rolling over and in that white there was kind of this iridescent greeny blue color that I was trying to capture on my camera then all of a sudden a whale came right up in the middle of my frame. And so it's events like that. The fear goes away and you just become more excited about the opportunity you have.
4: My name's Nick Flubier. I'm a, a film and television production group. So I work with camera and... Uh, I'm uh, also heavily involved with alpine climbing and uh, ice climbing and rock climbing. We first encountered albatross crossing the Drake Passage and uh, my way of combating any nausea on the trip was to get up on deck and spend a lot of time in the wheelhouse and and, uh, watched many albatross gliding and soaring the swells they don't flap their wings. I think for me, that was my first, the first animal I saw down there was watching them soaring around, imagining their thousands of kilometre journey around the continent. And then we encountered dolphin. Uh, they would play around the bow and they were really reactive to uh, our excitement and us clapping and hooting. And it seemed the more we did that, the more they would play, do backflips and jump out of the water.
0: It's a surreal landscape that you, you find yourself coming across. First night we arrived, we saw a few icebergs, and it was very grey. It was a dark, dark, dismal evening, and we we found this quiet spot to park in. But in, in the whole of Antarctica, there's obviously. Um, You know, there's different spots and we found that there was another boat that was using the mooring that we intended to stay in so we had to then shift from there because the distances are so huge it was literally i think seven hours to the next point where we could anchor so at 11 o'clock at night as it was getting dark we had to go back out into the ocean and travel south Um, and, and it turned out to be a snowstorm so we strapped a light to the front of the boat and we were literally ticking ticking along slowly trying to dodge the icebergs in amongst the snowstorm. So that was our welcome. I think the the real beginning was that next morning when I saw the guys wake up. I remember Jeff's face and and it It wasn't so impressive looking at the landscape, it was impressive looking at the expression on his face. His mouth was just wide open. He was just gobsmacked looking at the the landscape.
4: That first morning we woke up in Scontorpe Cove, I think it was. It was um, a mill pond, still mirror water, uh, surrounded by terminal faces and Glaciers rolling down into the ocean. I mean, this is something I'd seen before in photos. And I, I guess I, I don't know what I'd expected. I knew that I was going to a place which would make some of our New Zealand landscape look quite small. And, uh, I don't think I'd um, expected to be struck by, there's this sense of strangeness uh, looking up to the mountains and feeling like you're in the high Alps, but turning around and then looking out to the horizon at, at sea level was a very strange thing to see for the first time. Looking at glaciers and hearing seagulls and seals. and That meeting of ocean and what seems to be Alpine is is a really interesting place to be for the first time and that's what struck me most.
0: One, two, one, two. One, two. One, two, one, two. Hello,
3: hello. We're uh, just piling into the tender.
0: Now we're about to go and have a look at some icebergs. First time, it's quite exciting. It's a beautiful day. Yeah,
3: There's some um, quite nice ones like straight
5: out there.
0: Yeah, it would be nice just to get a few under our belt. And, and then s- s- process them and see how, see how they come together. It took a lot longer to get here than, than we were hoping. It was about what, five, five and a half days to get here. Which we thought it was going to be three, three and a half. And so it'd be nice just to um, start getting a few icebergs.
4: There was a lot of brash ice floating. And brash ice is the, you know, the small, broken bits of ice so it really was a sea of, of uh, brash ice. We headed out and um, motored through this brash ice and and uh, made our way to somewhere where where icebergs uh, congregate. <laughs> There's a lot of um, cemeteries, I guess they call them, where icebergs go and they get eddied into to bays and the areas where the currents pop. So when we find icebergs, we tend to find quite a lot in one place. And motoring around those places is it's quite something serene. You know, everyone's quite silent. There's not a lot of talking. Everyone's in their own little moment looking at those icebergs for the first time. Feeling quite small.
0: Wow. Look at this big crevasse thing, cave in the middle. Feels like you're dreaming, eh? It's a beautiful looking bird. Oh, look down the side there, too, Thomas. That shape and colour along there will look really good on a building. Deacon's. It was the first big one that we saw, and it had this huge crack down the side of it. It's weird. It's not, and it's not a crack in the sense of a, a crack in the ice, but it had. Um, this line of granite which looked like a lightning strike through the middle of it and um, so it was quite an interesting bird to look at and as we came round to the other side it had this beautiful turquoise looking pool that was um, you know kind of a Caribbean colour pool and it had this, these streams of water coming off off the side of it. Heavy. I suppose yeah. that looks good. Even the noise of the water is great, eh?
3: Deacons was the first time that I had my audio equipment on me and I had the headphones on. Of course everyone everyone can hear what they can hear, but I had this boom pole and the ability to hear amplified sound and signature of this iceberg. And in that very instance I Realise that these things, they have their own voice, which is something we, we never expected. But we realise these birds sort of have a sound as variant as the snowflakes that create them. It's insane.
5: I'm Mark Michel and um, I helped produce uh, the expedition to Antarctica and had the glorious opportunity to record the sounds of Antarctica as the sound reporters down there Joe um, called back um, and said uh, Mitch you've got to get on a boat you've got to get out here and have a listen to what's happening um, so we got out to this first I- iceberg Deacons, and it was quite a beautiful iceberg um, not huge but it, um, it, was, it was quite a stunner as they all were to be fair and once I got out there on the inflatable and, and I started recording with a, just with a wide stereo microphone, I started hearing this scraping noise, it was quite coarse, and I was starting to question whether my equipment was phasing. I did a few quick checks and realized, no, that's exactly what I'm hearing and it was the sound of the ocean It was a bit of a swell and it was the sound of the ocean lapping against the side um, of this iceberg creating this really um, sandpaper type effect um, almost like a velvety sandpaper sonic where there was this beautiful um, scraping noise but really pleasing to the ear so that was the first one we came across and um, from there um, they really just got more exciting and and interesting and nuanced
0: yeah that was a a real discovery the sound recordings i knew i wanted to take a sound recorder down and i wanted to record the environment but i had no idea um, the variety of sounds that we would get when we were down there and, and how different each iceberg would be. Uh, um, that, that was kind of mind-blowing how as different as each image is photographically, the, the sound of an iceberg, each iceberg is very different.
5: When we first got down there, I was um, trying to get recordings off the boat. And uh, that was quite challenging, especially when there was quite dramatic and interesting things happening early on around some carving, and some really um, some incredible activity on the ice itself, which would often be punctuated by hoops and ras and um, and a lot of excitement from the crew.
0: Go, 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 go.
5: <laughs> so what I started doing is. Um, waiting till everybody was asleep and doing recordings at night. And what that gave me the ability to do also um, was to have a dead ship because uh, there's a generator running uh, most of the time on the boat, as well as a motor, of course, when we're moving around.
3: It was the noise of the Gardner engine on the Australians. the beautiful and... Wonderful Australis, but the engine and the thing. The sound of the Gardener to Roger is just um, like a symphony.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the Gardener engine. <laughs> you can't do better than a Gardener engine. It's, um, it's a very slow revving engine, it only does about 880 revs, and that gives us about eight or nine knots in pretty much any conditions.
3: It seemed to be of a frequency that would just um, drown or cut through any bit of dialogue or anything near the boat that you were trying to capture, that was one thing. And then there's also the fresh water maker, the desalinator, and that was just, it was obviously very, very necessary. Both things are very necessary, an engine for one and, and a fresh water maker. And they just have the most monotonous sounds.
5: To actually get away from everybody, what I ended up doing is um, initially being taken out by the uh, member of the crew um, and then in the end just taking out one of the tenders by myself. So I would go off um, often, um, Joe and the team would map one of these icebergs and then they'd move away so that I could uh, do a bit of a reconnaissance of the iceberg myself and I could um, take my time and experiment with the different sounds from each side or depending on the nature of the iceberg and often um, later in the journey as well I was able to go off and uh, just disappear for a few hours or a day and just go hunting for icebergs and and that was was really beneficial of course getting away from all that excitement on the boat and I didn't want to be the guy that's always asking everybody to be quiet all the time so that was a pretty bittersweet um, scenario I wanted to be around people and to enjoy that experience but I really had to isolate myself for long periods of time so that I could really um, sit with what I was hearing be really attuned to that and um, not be distracted um, sonically by what was happening around me.
3: There were times of absolute peace when we were anchored for the night or for, for a day or two in the most beautiful little anchorages, um, Scontool Bay or Waddington Bay, of course. Just beautiful places to switch everything off and and be so peaceful. One night, Mitch got uh, the hydrophone over over the side and, and, and put it in once we'd all gone to bed. For the first time, I heard uh, this noise the next day. And I thought, we all presumed, oh, it's a whale or something. But there were leopard seals playing around the hull. And they make the most intriguing sound, the most amazing, beautiful song and I had no idea that they even did that. So, um, you know, there's, there's noise going on everywhere, just whether or not your mic's picking it up.
1: That was discovery. Part one. A Voice of the Iceberg. You heard from Joseph Michael, Ryan McNeil, Mark Michelle, aka Mitch, Nick Fluvier, and Skipper Roger Wallace. The Voice of the Iceberg podcast series was produced and edited for RNZ by me, Alison Balance, with field audio from Ryan McNeil and Mark Michelle, and sound engineering by Mark Chesterman. Music by Rhiann Sheehan was composed for Antarctica, While You Were Sleeping, an exhibition projecting a digital iceberg onto the exterior of the Auckland War Memorial Museum as part of the 2017 Auckland Arts Festival. You can find photos of Deacons and all the icebergs at rnz.co.nz iceberg. You'll be able to download all four episodes from there, or you can find the series on iTunes and Spotify. Please, if you've enjoyed this, spread the word, share it with friends, and do rate us. Cheers for that. And if you want to stick around for another 30 seconds, here is some of the audio you'll be hearing in part two of Voice of the Iceberg, Revelation, when we meet the icebergs Yoko and Valentine.